0: Hey guys, I hope you're all good and welcome to this episode of the podcast. My first guest on a podcast actually is a friend and client of mine, Lewis. I've worked with Lewis for a few years now. Um, We've done multiple shows together and we was about to do his show in which we both genuinely believed would be a winning year in, uh, in the amateur IFBB, pushing for his pro card. In this podcast we talk about the overview of obviously the pandemic and what's been going on um in sort of our our opinions on how it's been dealt with um and we dive into a little bit into mental health too so enjoy what's up mate thank you for coming on today looking
1: pleasure pleasure very
0: very isolated trim up not got anyone at home close that can sort you out but you're rocking it mate how's things been
1: yeah yeah yeah. it's good it's good that's grab beard so that's uh so that's something. That's a
0: start. But, coming in big. So. Yeah.
1: I had my hair cut. So that's a start.
0: Oh, that's not looking too bad. It's a bit of a fade up. Yeah. Going I, there.
1: yeah I, had the, I had the fade done. I had the, I had the beard trim. That's about
0: it. The beard. I feel like that's going to just stay now. Big beard in the
1: office. It is. It
0: is. So uh, we'll, we'll dive straight into obviously our relationship. Obviously Lewis is is a client of mine. Um. Consider him a, a friend who we've been in each other's lives two years now, knocking on three, isn't it?
1: Yeah, 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 new it, yeah.
0: And I had the privilege of taking Louis for a few preps before and absolutely smashed it. And then we were both on prep and um, had the disaster strike. And uh, I wanted to firstly open it up to you, mate, with obviously how how the prep was and maybe a little insight into sort of how it is for you because of course you work and doing the prep and i think for most people they see that as a massive hurdle in the sense that they feel like they maybe can't reach their goals because you know they don't have time or they're always having to work whereas you're someone who who does that and smashes it at a high level um and then of course adjusting to the the show being cancelled how did you feel um and sort of how it's been since then and how it's progressed into it mate
1: So, obviously, if we start with the first point with um, how I found it. um, Prep itself, um, it was obviously my fourth, fifth prep now. Um, So, it's something that I obviously can expect now. Um, I knew going into this one, it was going to be probably the hardest prep I've ever done because it was a prep that both me and we had discussed that was going to be the biggest prep of my life. It was something that we had focused on in an off season for a long, long time to be in this position where we were comfortable enough that we knew that we were prepping for a show. Um, and it would probably be the most conditioned, biggest I've ever been as well. So for me, that's that's what made it a little bit hard because I knew I had to push that a little bit harder myself um, because obviously every time you want to get better. So I'm going to push that a little bit harder. Um, so it, it started off fine. Everything was, uh, yeah, everything was going smoothly. We, we just, Watched it week by week, watched the weight come down. If any changes came in, whether we needed to um, decrease any calories or increase cardio, but really it went quite smoothly. I mean, we it, every week was the same. We was dropping weight each week. Yeah. Um Food was food was in a good place still. Mm-hmm. Um, cardio was in a good place. It wasn't like we were overdoing anything. No. I felt like we was just. Just going with the flow and just, and it was working well. Um, training, obviously, we, we tried a new training style, which for me, that was um, fantastic, really, because it kind of gives you like a, an incentive.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, oh. The fact that you've got one, yeah, you've got like one side of prep where you've got the diet, but you've got to enjoy your training aspect as well to it. So, giving myself this new plan, I had something to focus on, which was also a focus away from the diet
0: say, yeah, yeah.
1: like, Right. Well, I I had this what hour and a half that you're in the gym that you can focus on progressing each week, regardless of when you're. I I still wanted to progress.
0: Yeah, and I think so that I, was a. I I agree with that, and I think that's a a massive point is that under the under the principles of you know we want to progress, we want things to be intense, we want to maximize recovery, but one thing I tried to implement is because you are in a deficit, you are feeling knackered, you still want to have that sense of achievement of each session. And I think that was why it was a good play from us. Uh, because if you know that you're aiming for that extra rep or that extra weight, you know, which gets thrown around a lot, but it's going to, be, it's going to keep you anchored to what you need to achieve in your session. So it takes away like, uh, you know, I'm feeling a bit bad from prep today. I might take this session a bit easier. You know when actually mind over matter comes into play, where you you're going to reassure yourself you can go into it, and it makes it fun. If you're that sort of personality type uh, where you get you thrive off being able to do that, which you absolutely are, I think that's such a plus when it comes to to prepping with that way. Because um, mate, we, you know, we were still you are sort of coasting at sort of 87, 88 kilos, and yeah. we know as soon as every every gram that comes off you around eighty seven it's just going to be more and more peeled. And that was, that was for me, what I was, I was most gutted about from my side, from, from being there and seeing the preps beforehand. And like you said, the, the bigger each time was, this was, this was like, for me, this was like, this is it. He, he is on for this, going for it big time. Um, and I just, I just knew, you know, we had four weeks left to pull maybe two, three kilos off, which would have been, which had been lovely. Um, you know you don't have to be shredded four weeks out you you have to be shredded on the day right um and i was super looking forward to it man. I, I was gutted you know people know that i compete but i'm a coach first of all and then i compete because i love it and i want to i want to do it but for you and the other guys who i was coaching me I was, I was devastated with it so when it comes to you know being told there's no show and then there's no gym access you know what how how did you find going through that process? Was there any triggers? Was there anything that kept you going? What what was the sort of the mindset going into, into that period of time?
1: I think um obviously the initial shock of it is hard to take in because you spent like say we did 13 and a half weeks of dieting already. It was already in a position where, like you said, we was just dropping off those last few kilos. So the work had already pretty much been done. It was just the last you know a few weeks to really really pull in so the hard work had been really done and then for someone to say like right that's it well you can't show off that hard work that you've done and th- there's no idea of when that when you get to when you when you do get to show that off you know you there was no guarantee it was all like a sudden right no home, no gym and you, you just think it it all happened in just such a short period of time mm-hmm. that the initial shock does really get to you mentally because I think you've got to take in that, yeah, okay, your show's not going ahead. What's the next step? How are we going to reverse back into maintenance? And then knowing that we can't even do the reverse phase, which we'd spoken about before,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: without gyms.
0: Yeah, It was kind of
1: like, right, now we've got... It's just all done. And you're like, wow, okay. Uh, what can we do now?
0: And that obviously from both my side of the fence and yours, you know, we, we know that when, when you bring your body fat super low, um, your body's in such a good position to, to use that, what they call obviously the rebound phase, right? Um, and obviously it's a massive challenge. And I think with the, the pandemic that happened, there was, no, there was no wrong way to deal with the situation in in that sense there's only ever a right way and i think um but for someone of your caliber and you know with pro in mind i think it was an absolute testament to you that you know for most it would have been toys out the pram you know i'm not training gonna let it get to you and you know we we had a discussion and it was it just it was just i think that was more that's more of a test for me for the people who are wanting to turn pro and go for it that moment there is like is that person going to actually be able to do it because anyone can prep for the show when everyone has that prep in mind you see it all the time don't we where someone who wants to do a show they they get maybe pushed into it by a coach or you know they may be doing it for the wrong reasons or whatever And it's not the leading up to the show that's the hard bit, although that is actually the hardest thing someone can do is diet for a show, believe it or not. The hardest bit is afterwards. You know, what's going on afterwards? Let alone being so close to being on the money and then to not have a gym, to then not be able to rebound. You know, I think that's like the ultimate test of someone's character, mate. And, you know, from obviously coaching through that and... It wasn't even like you had any kit at home either, you know?
1: No, it was, yeah, it was zero.
0: (laughs) It it, it was literally zero. Gone from having a fantastic facility of every kit to isolate every muscle under the sun. To a pull-up bar. To a pull-up bar, which was quite dodgy. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) yeah. And, you know, you didn't let that be a reason to to fall off. Now, of course, when we come away from a diet, you know, from a strict diet, we want to integrate family life more. We want the foundation in place and food needs to be flexible and and adhered to. um, And which you absolutely, again, you absolutely smashed it. You kept your head up. You made sure that, again, with someone who's got such uh, a wealth of experience, you understand the foundation of macros and et cetera like that, which is a massive plus if someone's going into a comp prep, understanding how to come away with it safely. Um, mm-hmm. But the big thing for me—I take your hat off, mate—is just your attitude straight to it. You know, brush yourself off. So this is the situation. You know, what's next? What can we do? Um, and obviously, the the picture I posted, you know, of of you and what you've posted shows you can have absolutely nothing. And of course, you made some investments along the way, but it was something in which yeah. anyone could do. You know, in terms of kit available, was still so basic. You know, and uh, absolute credit, mate. I think that's um, something which. We'll look back on next prep, and it will be a massive positive. Obviously, the 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 gut wrench of it at the moment is still there, and it, I can hundred percent mm. understand as to why. But you know, in terms of what they say, like experience in the bank, you know, to be able to overcome everything that you have with other things going on too, and still adhere to your food, smash your training, you know, just shows that longer term vision will absolutely happen. I got I've got no question about yeah, it. Yeah,
1: I just yeah, I just think when when you have like we had such a big goal in mind like it was always this goal for this competition so and that passion for training isn't going to stop whether or not gyms close or circumstances happen so for me if if that is your passion which we want to we want to be IPV pros that's 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 our goals you know so the only way you're going to do that is by keep pushing regardless of what what things are in your path or Mm -hmm. Um, lack of equipment you still got to do whatever you can to put 100% into it yeah because there's no point for like say falling off the wagon and then being like oh I wish I'd have I wish i would have done more then I, I never want to say I wish I'd have done more then yeah. I just want to carry on doing what I'm doing and make it the most of the time
0: 100% and that having that mindset like you said having that question in your head all the time of you know, would I, would I regret looking back at what I'm doing right now? If you, if you can have that mindset in the present and we'll, we'll sort of tap into that in a minute, um, you know, you're always gonna, you're gonna always going to check yourself along the way, aren't you? Right. That day where you decide maybe you don't want to train. Um, but I think on a, on a little side note of that in terms of competing and training and stuff, you know, if you're like your background in training in general, it's a part of who you are to train hard, whether that is, (laughs) yeah, yeah in a kit like you said whether that's with a gym or whether that's just banging out a thousand press-ups I think there has to be an element of the fact that you just a person needs to enjoy pushing themselves however that looks and I think that's also something which you can integrate over time you can you can learn to love that discipline factor Uh, but again I think for some people who maybe compete on sort of the wrong reasons you can see how that that system just falls apart doesn't it straight away Um, so going on to sort of mindset is there anything in particular that's helped you you know sort of speed that outlook that you have along in terms of is it reading has it been content has it just been life experience is there anything for you which you sort of feel is you can sort of tick off a little bit or do you think it's sort of merged in as you've as you build it up
1: i would say what for mindset wise i think that um as someone myself i've always been a hard working you know, even when I've had past jobs that have been extremely hard, I would never sort of give up. And it was sort of something that I always had in the back of my mind that regardless of the situation that was in front of me, I'd always push past. I always thought, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So it was always like, it may be rubbish now, but then greater things are coming. So I've always had that mindset for like, for my whole youth yeah. to now, that there is bad things that can happen, but you can always overcome it. And there's a good that will come out of eventually, as long as you keep working hard. I mean, you know, there's, there's no success without hard work. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I think coming into lockdown as well, like we spoke a lot about, you know, about mindset stuff, about um, self-care. And I think that's a massive thing that kept me sane during this time was that getting another, get, we knew that gyms were shut. So we had to find an alternative focus. Mm-hmm. So we knew that mentally that we enjoyed that hour and a half There was a downtime from training that was our time. Now we have to find an alternative way of getting that same feeling through another avenue. So whether that meant that I started to read more. I had the time to read more because I hadn't had the time to do that previously because I'd be in the gym coming back from working in London. So I focused on that, you know, meditation. We got into that. We got into um, yoga and mm-hmm. all these little things that you just give a different focus to, Yeah. I think you then enjoyed the fact that you're you're exploring new avenues and I think that's massively helped. Using yeah, nice. this time to learn learn something new or focus on something you never thought you'd have time to do.
0: Yeah, nice. And I think so that that's
1: was, kept me definitely going during this
0: time. That was for me a big, big point of this from like obviously my side of the fence is I saw lockdown was happening and I knew that as a collective group of people that I am lucky enough to work with, I sort of understood that for the most part those people want something to continue with the stimulation side of things. And, uh, and again, I think this is a massive taboo with, you know, the whole mental health things going on and it's so good people are talking about it more. And I do feel like as someone like yourself, who is a high level bodybuilder, you know, there's a, there's a massive gap between what people think, you know, you do behind the scenes and like, It's good that it's getting put out there more. And that's obviously something I'm a massive advocate for is, you know, particularly men being okay with journaling, being okay with meditation, being okay with grounding, you know, going out in your garden, standing there and we Mm -hmm. smile about it, but you know, we do this so regularly. We don't even really think to talk about it, you know, but For me, every morning, I'll get in my journal and I'll write down how I'm feeling. If I'm feeling bad, if I'm feeling good, what is going on? If I'm feeling like this, is it because of this? And the one thing I've enjoyed about lockdown and for people like yourself who have such hectic lifestyles in terms of work, in terms of everything that's going on, it's been really nice to have the opportunity and time to introduce you to it and actually sort of guide a little bit along because we've got more time. And then when things yeah, go yeah. back to normal, you might be like, Do you know what? That meditation, I've, I've taken time to understand it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put it in there now. You know, I'm going to put it in there every morning or the journal's going to come out. Whereas I think if you try to introduce those sort of habits, when you've got so many external factors whizzing round, you kind of can't take the time to appreciate it. So I've, I've really liked that everyone's had to take a step back and they've had literally almost nothing to do. Of course, there was like a good two month period where no one had anything for the most part. And then people obviously started working mobile. Um, and i think you're someone who's who's massively always been into it always wanted to but it's just a time thing but now you've had the time to learn more and actually see it so when things do get back going i'll be able to keep that in and i think in terms of in terms of mental health and keeping us keeping us afloat with things um, it's been really nice because obviously with the group we had the the daily targets didn't we we put in things like that i want you to meditate for 10 minutes here's the link and that just never would have happened so what i think of things that we've benefited from. I do think we've, we have, for the most part, benefited from a lockdown as opposed to the cons. However, what I was going to mention is how just how weird it's been, isn't it? Where some people have dealt with it one way and the same situation for the other person, it's, it's been hell. Um, I don't know if you've sort of, obviously not to name any sort of experiences, but have you, have you sort of seen just, you, when you take that step back, you just see how people just deal with things in such different ways it's quite hard to sort of comprehend it, isn't it
1: yeah because like we the way that we have dealt with the lockdown where we may have not fallen off it's it's crazy to see how easy it is for people to spiral off um, and you also it, it gives you a chance to you know see who was really that focused on that end goal you saw you, you the real bodybuilders came out didn't they yeah when you yeah. see that they, they, they fall off the people that fall off who weren't that obviously they interested into bodybuilding if they've just given up for the past three months mm-hmm. um and yeah we obviously we we all know that for us bodybuilders mental health is a is a big thing it, it takes a lot on our mental state to be a bodybuilder more than actually people think it's not just going in lifting weights and you know eating a couple of meals there's so much more to it isn't there you know and I think that if you let yourself spiral off it's only going to be worse to when you go back yeah because like we spoke about earlier you don't want to be able to say that you look back on the lockdown period and regret everything you've done
0: mm-hmm.
1: you want to at least say that I've been accountable yeah you know if you can say you have been accountable you may have you may have gone back a little few steps but like at least you've only gone back two steps rather than ten
0: yep you Hello. know,
1: and then now you can go five forward. I think yeah. that's a it it is uh is difficult that I think there's a lot of lack of support as well. I think yeah. we've noticed of social media can be quite a dark place because before you thought there was loads of people around you to do it be supportive for you. And then and then when it comes into lockdown you realise that those people weren't actually there for you.
0: I, I agree on um on all of it, of course. In terms of the just as like a general, you, you truly see when, when you have something like this happen within yourself, you, hopefully people will reflect if they've not maybe utilized it as much as they could have, at least they can reflect on things they need to work on. You know, are they someone who procrastinates? Are they someone who needs to check their values? You know, why am I, why mm-hmm. am I actually doing this? Because when things have gone wrong, I've absolutely flopped, you know, because, Because uh, like, again, I I see it with coaches. So many coaches have just disappeared. You know, so many of them haven't been putting content out. And I'm just like, okay, so at a time where your following slash clients need you the most, you need to provide something for free and you've disappeared. But when you know that people are earning money is when you decide to put content out. And Mm. like from where I'm sat, I'm like, damn, you you can start to really pick and choose whether it's a coach, whether it's an athlete um and whether it's like your support network 100 when when times of when times are bad you can see who are the ones that genuinely want to see you do well and and um are going to sympathize and try and empathize with your situation and try and how okay so how can i try and build lewis up today and then in return i think you you start to see the ones who maybe pre-lockdown maybe used instagram as their highlight reel and then when actually the real shit hit the fan this sort of selfishness enclosed bubble come in. And I think when we come out of this, it, again, it will be a nice thing because maybe those people you put energy into beforehand, you sort of know, well, actually maybe my energy should be going elsewhere. So I get mm. I think it's, it can only be positives despite people dealing with it in a, in a negative way um, and seeing some true colors, a hundred percent in agreement with that.
1: Yeah. I think, I think if you think about it from a, person that's coached by yourself point of view is that if we knew that it was going to be a bad period for us that but having someone like yourself there that was offering these um, different pointers giving us daily tasks and stuff like it, it showed that like as a coach you was there for us more than just a diet and training plan because that's what people forget is that a coach isn't always just you know, a training plan, a diet plan, because that's what people, they see, they say, oh, I need a coach to do my diet, I need this. But then you need someone that can help you with the mental side of things, because when things do get hard, you need a support avenue. And if if you are willing to spend money on a coach, then you're going to want to have the support there as well, especially during these times, Mm -hmm. is that not everyone is an expert in bodybuilding. Not everyone knows exact training. You're given a training plan that's based around the gym you go to, You're going into lockdown, and you now don't have that same equipment. Or you're just going to fall off and go, "Oh, I can't train anymore because I haven't got that equipment." No, your coach is there to be able to adapt and and change that to suit you and to suit your equipment you have at home.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, like my sort of my responsibility as a coach is to keep to keep the guys who pay me, and to anyone who listens, to keep them motivated. That's like, that's my fundamental ethos. When it comes to writing something up, when it comes to a communication, when it comes to a check in, it's about how can I keep this person motivated? What does that person need? One person might just want a basic chat and off they go. The next person might need an hour long conversation. The next person might need assistance in coaching, whether it's about their career or something like that, because I know just based on you know someone's needs they need to have everything ticked off in order to feel motivated like someone isn't going to feel motivated to train if in their life they don't feel listened to so if in my role is okay i need to listen to this person i've got a lot of life experience i can hopefully help and advise if not i can certainly send something someone's way so for me as a coach Mm -hmm the the nutrition in training is almost down this bit because if someone's not motivated, they're not going to follow it. So no. it's all well and good sending someone a training plan, nutrition plan off you go. We'll catch up once a week on email. But for, again, it's a bit different to someone who's aspiring to be a pro because again, that mindset's there, you know, but still, you know, you need to make sure that the people you work with feel motivated. That's the fundamental point of a coach is your coach should make you feel motivated. They shouldn't make you feel like a number. They shouldn't make you feel like they've just copy and pasted their own training and food plan because that is just ridiculous when I see that happen. You know, you've got some 18-year-old lad on like 350 grams of protein and you're just thinking this guy, like, oh, hold on, he looks like someone who could be eating. Oh, wait, they look like their coach's plan. You know, and for me, so my ethos of it is, you know, how, how do I make someone feel motivated? How do I make them feel better? Um, and more often than not, it's not always, it's not really to do with the training. It's to do with everything else. And I think, yeah. again, with coaching in general, I feel that's where someone can be a really good athlete and not so much a coach because of that reason. You know, they, the byproduct of their physique and their attitude to their own training has provided sort of like a poster for people to want to aspire to be that. But then I, I sort of see that as like a, that's what gets them through the door. But to keep someone motivated is everything else. Everything else, but the training and nutrition. So I appreciate that. That's yeah,
1: because adorable. yeah, you can, yeah, because you can look at it as like the best pros in the world aren't coaches because they just because they're a top five Olympian doesn't mean that they are generally going to be the best coaches in the world because they're only where they are through the coaches they've had. Yeah, yeah. You see all the time. So. In, in,
0: whether it's professional sport, whatever it may be, there has to be a decision, doesn't it? You know, you you have to, you have, to have that, that coaching ethos over time or you develop it or you're the, you're the goal scorer and you're, you're never a coach. And I think people get that a bit muddled up when they sometimes choose their coach too. But then of course, why, like you said, for most the time people go to a coach because they think they need the nutrition and food plan, but they know how to train. They just need a bit of structure and they know mm. that they shouldn't be eating shit every evening at 8pm. Yeah. Yeah. So, what? So okay, so your coach gives you the plan, but what is the coach giving you? The coach is making you feel motivated. And I think that's a part where people do not understand that bit, but it's such a big part, isn't it? You know, that, okay, I'm, I'm working, yeah. I'm on board with this guy now. I feel so motivated to not binge eat and eat shit. But it's not the plan that did that. It's because you now feel differently towards the process. So we'll go on to... Because the time on here is wrapping up. Nice, the connection's hanging in there. Um, question for you. So, training background wise, any sport involved when you were a kid? Um, and how long, the question bluntly is, how long did it take you to get your physique?
1: Um, training background, I mean, I've played sport um, a lot of my life. I mean, started football. You know, I played football for teams all the way up to being 16. Um, so I was always sort of athletic, um, but not really in the aspect of any sort of gym work or anything until um, I pretty much left school, really. Um, so when I left school and I stopped playing football, I sort of was in a position where I, I didn't really have anything now because obviously football was you know, two, three times a week. You know, mm-hmm. you had your trainings and your, your matches. So it was like something that you had other than school was like an avenue to go to on the weekends. But yeah. for me, then once I'd like gone into work, I was just like, I have nothing now. No, Nothing that I'm doing athletics-wise. So I just uh, found going to the gym with uh, one of my friends and it was about seven years ago now. So yeah, I've been training for about seven years. Nice. Um, and it was just something that I kind of fell in love with the more and more I went. It was like I didn't initially enjoy going. It was just because I was sort of going with a mate and it was something used to be intimidating going in when, you know, you you was 10 stone, you know, 17 years old, 10 stone, not really sure what you're doing, seeing all these big guys in the gym, that intimidation thing. Like everyone does. Everyone feels that way. Um, And... I kind of just after a while, and I just started seeing little changes, and just sort of kept going. Yeah. And the more and more I kept going, the more and more I like decided to really enjoy it. Nice. And, and then
0: uh, I think uh, I think the sport played a massive part. Do you think in terms of developing yeah. that, that mindset of wanting to win, wanting to push yourself, and then uh, not having that anymore, which transitions into yeah. into sets and reps, doesn't it? But, mate, when I when I was uh, a teen jumping into the gym, I see him now. I see him in the gym, the ones that are hyper-confident with crap form. I think that was me. When I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I think that was me. Because I didn't really uh, – I wasn't really bothered by people in there. But I'm just imagining, like, no, nah, I was more the one who was having himself but was just lift, like, 40-kilo barbell curl with just those dead reps. I think that was me for a good few <laughs> years of my training to begin with. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we all went like that, though. That's the thing. You always, was a where, like, you was that new to gym, you, you thought, you know, your form was going to be terrible, but you were just learning and and it's funny looking back for, uh, where we was, where we did yeah. start. Uh, yeah. But I think a big thing for me, which really spurred on my training, was I moved from, like, a le- I started off training at a leisure centre, you know, the typical leisure centre gyms. Um, and so as, as it got to, like, a year and year and a half into sort of my training i moved to a local like what you would call a proper bodybuilding gym yeah and for someone who was you know i was 18 at the time i wasn't big at all like i did it, it was there was just you know barely looked like i lifted a weight going into a bodybuilding gym where there was these just absolute huge big bodybuilders and what's <laughs> was kind of doing it but it kind of gave you that like inspiration to go these guys look absolutely insane yeah nice. like that is serious. that's you know and and for me rather than being disheartened by the fact that these guys were huge it was more the fact that i was like i want to be that yeah nice and i think that's kind of what spurred on that love for training more because yeah, i kind it. of i never i never in my life i never had that feeling of going i look at someone and go oh he's bigger than me oh i'm gonna, i just i'm not going to bother training anymore because i'm never going to be that big I was kind of always like, if oh, that's such it, a great physique. If he, I would love to be that like per, that one day.
0: Yeah, if that person's done it, it shows that a person can do it, right? And I, yeah, yeah,
1: that's I, 100% how I thought.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, um, again, that's just that mindset, isn't it? It's people who sit on the left or sit on the right. For, so for one person, that will motivate them. And for the next, it will demotivate. And I think that's when you do have to be aware of, of are you a person who sits on the left or the right? Either room's okay. But if you're someone who gets demotivated by someone who's in better shape or is appearing to have a better life or whatever it is, then you need to control your influence on social media don't you, you can't you you if you're someone who doesn't get motivation from seeing those people, then you need to under you need to cut that out and um I think that's a that's a massive one because you need to know what sort of person you are if that's what you're going to consume on on social media and so so in total for you body like strictly bodybuilding training and i'd say productively how many years would you say you've been at it for
1: i would say from i did my first prep in 2016 so i would say that's when i was seriously probably took bodybuilding training itself seriously because before that it was just trying to get as big as i possibly could you know your typical newbie sort of you know eat big, get big sort of, you know, ideology that you had in your head that we all had. Yeah. And I think I got to that point of where I was just like, I was following fitness athletes and back in the days of watching WBFF and or even the IFBB, when men's physique first came around. Yeah. Like yeah. When Steve Cook was competing. Yeah. Was like, and for me, I was watching that and thinking, I'd love to do a show. Nice. I'd love to do it. I, saw, I was in a bodybuilding gym with guys that competed. I was aspiring to these people and I thought, oh, I'm just going to do one. And I think from that, that's when I first got in touch with my first ever coach then Mm -hmm. back in 2016, where someone coached and helped me from the bodybuilding gym to say, I'll help you, you know, get to do the show. So it was uh, my first ever like sort of style into a bodybuilding training style and a diet for a prep.
0: Bam, straight in. Four years later. Straight in. Four Straight years later, going,
1: do you know what i'm just gonna take it on the chin and go and do a prep
0: here we are <laughs> see what happens
1: here we are four years later
0: <laughs> the thing is that i love almost like the naivety of that first prep you just don't know what to expect and it's just a whirlwind and then oh, you're
1: like oh, absolutely madness <laughs> you just don't know because like you just thought like you see all these guys get lean and you're just like oh, oh well, yeah. it can't be that hard like diet a <laughs> bit of cardio a bit of training you yeah. know i was into gym you know yeah oh, it would be fun easy but like you don't know until you get there
0: yeah. yeah just
1: how hard it can be
0: when you get to the point where the the gap between meal two and three feels like a year <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, stuff like that you just can't appreciate until you until you do it and do it to that extreme level isn't it because i yeah. think
1: like and then like getting the the typical comments about you looking ill and yeah uh, have you stopped lifting
0: <laughs> yeah and, it, and then it goes the other way <laughs> People will say, "Have you, have you been training?" You're like, "That's the last thing I need to hear." <laughs> That's the last yeah. thing, for God's sake.
1: Especially when I was working, obviously, like my first ever preps, like my first two or three preps, was not it? My two or three preps, I was working in a prison, so it yeah, was man. like I was, I was working in this like proper hardcore style of prison. Yeah, and while dieting for a show, not <laughs> knowing how to do a show not knowing what a diet was, just following plans, getting leaner and leaner, getting more tired, not understanding why I was yeah. so drained.
0: Yeah, and looking skinnier and skinnier. And if looking you wear the, skinny. you saying no, I look ill. Yeah. <laughs> Game over. Have you seen that meme where like there's a shredded guy, but he puts his jumper in and then like lucky trains? It's just for you. <laughs> yeah.
1: That was me. I did just just literally like such a gone face, just going into in the biggest baggy shirt and trousers because they fit you when you was in off season. Yeah. Now they're falling off.
0: Waltzing around the prison, they're thinking, "What is this guy doing?"
1: Yeah, everyone's just like, "What is going on here?" Like one minute, twelve weeks ago, he was like quite big. Now again,
0: yeah, love it, love it. Do you know what? I think we'll we'll wrap it up on there. I think that's uh, spot on, mate. Very happy. Yeah, Nice one. So uh, thank you for your time. It is much pleasure. appreciated, mate. You're an absolute legend. People have only got a tip of the iceberg of, of what it is you've got going on in your attitude towards it, mate. is, uh, is nothing but to be admired. Um, and obviously, thank you for allowing me to, to share this journey you're on. And we perhaps, have pleasure. We know that the pro card will happen. It's just, uh, it's just on, been on pause, mate. But yeah,
1: thank just you. A wait. It's a waiting game now. It is, mate. 2021.
0: Exactly that, my friend. Thank you very much for today. Have a good evening. Nice job done.